and welcome to Editor's Note as we play a long game of what if with our favorite and least favorite forms of media. I'm Charlie. Sawyer. And I'm Jordan. And let's get into it. Today we're talking about Amazon Prime's The Wilds. I'm very excited. Uh, This is... When we started the podcast, this is one of the things where I was like, we need to talk about this show. Um, There are two seasons currently, and they're in production for season three, I believe. And I'm just really excited to talk about it. So a quick synopsis of season one and kind of the overall premise collectively is nine high school girls are stuck on an island after surviving a plane crash. Though the purpose of their travels was going to an all-girls retreat, the dawn of Eve, the girls are learning more about themselves by being on the island. The longer they're stranded, questions arise. Some wonder if the plane crash is real or if they're truly alone. Before we go into the episode, I want to give a quick trigger warning. Both seasons discuss many world issues such as racism, homophobia, sexual assault, eating disorders, teen suicide, abusive parents, and much more. We will not be discussing these topics in great detail, but we will be mentioning them in passing to give context to either praises, changes, or characters. Um, And with that, we're going to lead into the characters. There are so many characters, and I was going to give like one word summaries, and then I realized they can't really be summed up by one word. so we're just gonna talk fast. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we have Leah, who is a hopeless romantic. She's stuck in a she's stuck in this depression after having a severe heartbreak, which is why she was sent on this trip by her parents. Um, she was in a relationship with a much older man who's an author. Leah is the character who's questioning everything. As soon as they get stuck on the island, she starts realizing that everything is happening a little bit too conveniently. Her arc leads her into this fit of paranoia um, that she is constantly being in and out of. And she's the main girl that is followed throughout season one. And arguably season two. Yes. Yes. Um... Our second character is Fatten, who is a world-class cello player. She is very sexually active and proud of it. She's a self-described girly girl. Her family is extremely wealthy. Her suitcase is the only one that washes up, so everyone's wearing her clothes. She came to the Dawn of Eve because she found out her father was cheating on her mother, and she sent his news to everyone in his contacts. And so this trip is her punishment. Um, And that kind of is a motivation for her attitude throughout all of it. Third, we have Dot, who is a survival show enthusiast. Due to her knowledge around survival, she is the one keeping stock of the supplies and leading missions to create shelter and overall survival tasks. Her father got very sick, causing her to lose her childhood. His dying wish was her to do the Dawn of Eve so so she can get a much needed break. She is the most mature for her age um, due to her upraising, and this causes a lot of people to go to her when they have trouble. Fourth, we have Shelby, who is the stereotypical Southern Christian girl. She's a pageant queen. She's annoyingly optimistic. Due to her upbringing, she struggles with her sexuality, embracing that she likes girls. Um, An interesting part of her character is she's the one that wants to stay on the island because she has freedom. Um, And so, though she, for everyone else, does want to be saved, internally she doesn't want to be saved. And so that's... I don't know. I I just find, like, her character extremely interesting. 
fifth, we have Tony, who is a basketball player. Though she is very confident in who she is because of her past, she has a great amount of fear around maintaining relationships. She is constantly jealous of her best friend, Martha, for being best friends with anyone else or just in general, like, starting new friendships. She um, does have trouble regulating her anger, but as the series progresses, she learns healthier ways to express her emotions. Sixth, we have Martha, who is a dancer. She's um, known for being very good at the jingle dance. She is extremely sweet and caring. She's an animal lover. She longs for a relationship. um, And it is alluded to the fact that she is a survivor of sexual assault. This causes her to... um, It's just a a key part of her personality. I don't know about personality, but of her character growth. Yeah, yeah, of her character growth. Next up, we have Rachel, who is a diver. She is extremely motivated to the point of self-destruction. She's recovering from an eating disorder, which is why she was sent to the Dawn of Eve. Rachel's a twin with Nora. She, her, her drive become, her drive comes from an insecurity around her intelligence as her twin is much more book smart than her. She blames Nora for being stuck on the island because she was the one that told their parents about her ED. So that leads to Nora, who is a very observant student. She always wants to protect her sister, Rachel, at all costs. Her parents sent them to the Dawn of Eve because of Rachel's health, but Nora also is at the Dawn of Eve because she lost her ex-boyfriend. She is constantly writing down everything about everyone that's, um, everything that's happening on the island, everyone's attitudes around the island. She is a calming force throughout everything. Lastly, she is extremely intelligent, which leads the girls to constantly turn to her where they lack knowledge. Um, For the last two characters, I'm going to give a quick spoiler warning, already kind of spoiler warning, but like especially with these last two, kind of leads into the main plot of this uh, television show. So the ninth girl is Jeanette, who is not a high school student, but a bartender who is pretending to be a high school student. She is a part of the Dawn of Eve experiment. Unfortunately, she dies on the first day when the girls get stuck on the island. And we have Jeanette, no, not Jeanette, Gretchen. (laughs) Lastly, we have Gretchen Klein, who is the founder of the Dawn of Eve. It is an It is an experiment to simulate a plane crash survival situation. The premise is to prove that women are better suited for political leaders. That unlike men, women would not go all Lord of the Flies on each other. Um, There would be a peaceful transition of power, a democratic process, and overall peace. And those are the top, I think, 10 characters. And I know that's a lot, um, but I think it's important just to know there are just so many key players. We're leading into premises, or premises? <laughs> We're leading into phrases. So first off, this is my favorite trope, people stuck on island. It's so simple, but I just, I love it every single time. I think the wilds does something very unique while still building on the foundation of previous media. Speaking of previous media, the wilds is what I wanted Lost to be. I wanted an explanation for all the weird things that were happening in the island, and with Lost, the writers gave the audience an answer, but it wasn't a scientific experiment. And when while I was watching, especially with season two of Lost, and they introduce a bunker uh, in what's in the bunker in season two, I was thinking, oh, this is a huge experiment. And it wasn't, and that's okay, and rewatching it kind of makes sense why they went on a different path 
But for the past five years, I've been craving to watch people be stuck on an island specifically because of a scientific experiment, which is a weird want, but I think Lost just kind of introduced that, like, storyline in my head, and I was like, I really want to see someone write that. And so with The Wilds, I got that, and I just, it immediately endeared me to this story, and yeah, I just, I love it. So leading into, like, my actual praises, um, I think they do an amazing job with special effects makeup. It looks like they have been in the sun Mm -hmm. for a month. They're all sunburnt. They're all, their skin's flaking off. Their lips are so chapped. It's like, you can tell that they, even when they get water, they're just so dehydrated all the Mm -hmm. time. Um, And you can just tell that they're all tired. They have dark circles under their eyes. They just look exhausted and drained all the time. And I think uh, that just kind of adds to the realism and the pain of this story. And I I don't know. I just think, I just love the special effects makeup. I think it's an amazing job. Yeah. Once Mm. you get, like, once you get used to seeing how they all look on the island, when they flash back to, like, the plane crash, when they all look normal it's like kind of weird like you're kind of like that's not what they look like that looks fake (laughs) but it's just like because they've been there so long and you just are used to seeing them look kind of raggedy looking kind of dirty kind of tired even transitioning from like when seeing them on the island to then when they're in like the interviews and stuff like when they first introduced shelby I think she had like a shaved head but yes. then on the island she she still had hair and you didn't like actually get that explanation until like a couple episodes later um it makes sense why she has a shaved head now but it was like it's very interesting how they made them look so different yeah you know? yeah especially with the interviews I, I like that you mentioned that the makeup that's used there too because like you can still tell they've been on an island but they're like recovering so they still look tired and they've been given food but it's like they're still like what happened on the island will always be carried with them and I think they tell that story like really productively through makeup choices. Mm -hmm. There are two specific aspects of the writing of the show that I really enjoy. First is the non-linear storytelling So there are three timelines, the present while they're being interviewed once they were saved, flashback of the island, and then flashback of the life before the island. And I think in different hands, it could be extremely confusing. Um, There are some shows, I'm just going to use Lost as an example again because I think it has the closest parallels, but it's, um, it's on the island and then flashback to their lives, but you never see them after the island. Um... And there's obviously different reasoning because it's a totally different story, but it's only just present flashback. And this is present flashback and then a flashback within a flashback. And I think they just write that very well that you kind of don't even realize that that's what they're doing. And I I just think it's done very well. Um, Secondly is the characterization. In season one, especially in season one, the characterization is just so strong So all the main characters get a solo episode to themselves where you get to learn about their backstory and before the audience gets to see the backstory of the character, their dialogue is very one note. For example, Shelby. Before you get to know her through her episode, all of her lines are very happy and about Jesus, but from her episode on, the audience gets to see her be very negative, very sad, have very self-destructive thoughts, Um, but also 
an immense and genuine happiness that you didn't really get to see from her um, when she was on the island. And I think it's really cool that they kind of wrote all the characters from how they're perceived by all the other girls um, and before you get to know them. And I think that's just really well done. I don't know. I just... Yeah. Maybe it's just me, but I, I don't know. Yeah, I think that's something that I found interesting with the characterization. Um, like, watching the first episode when they're all on the plane and you're, like, kind of getting to know the various different personalities, mm-hmm. you kind of, like, maybe this was just me, but I was like, I don't know if I like any of these people. Like, they're all yes, kind of, they're all no. kind of, like, unlikable in their own way. Or, or not unlikable, mm-hmm. just, just, like oh, that's kind of a, an annoying character trait. But then when you actually get on the island and you're not, like, looking at them through the very, like, narrow viewpoint that the plane ride provides, it's actually... You you learn to, like, love all the characters in their own way mm-hmm. and, like, providing that characterization through their individual episodes um, helps you sympathize with each one of them. Mm-hmm. And so. it's not like they're, like, backstory, like, it's like you see the backstory and then you see no development from there. Like, the characters are still very much growing with throughout the season, mm-hmm. but knowing their backstory, it's, you see how that affected them in previous episodes and how it affects them in further episodes. Yeah. And it's not like, it's not like they do their episode and give their backstory and then immediately drop them and don't, like, go back to them. Yeah they continually, like, ch- check in on mm-hmm. each person. Yeah. So that's very nice. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on from writing, uh, I'm going to a specific character of Gretchen Klein. I think she is an amazing villain. Um, so her drive for the experiment is the fact that women have been exploited and abused by a society created by men. She wants to prove that no one would be exploited and abused by a society created by women, by exploiting and abusing children. And I just think that's so... Uh, I, like, my least favorite type of... Perca- per, blah, 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 blah. My least favorite type of... Per- my least favorite type of hero is someone who is hypocritical, like, says one thing, does another. But my favorite type of villain is someone who just doesn't even, like, understand how hypocritical they're being. And I think um, Dr. Klein is, like, a good example of that. That she thinks it's for the greater good. She doesn't really see how she is doing exactly what men have been doing to women for millennia. And I think it's, like, poetic injustice. Like, that she just... Like, it's not poetic justice. It's, like poetic and it's horrible and it's awful but the show's making a point about white women I mean they're making a point about like how in general just girls and children are being exploited all the time yeah and I think that's like I don't even know what point they're trying to make like but I just I just get it. Like, I see it, and I get it, and I can't, like, put my finger on it. I guess it kind of, you could interpret it as sort of, like, the, like, the kind of blind 
hatred of something that you develop after being in within an oppressive system for so long and then being so blinded by that hatred for that thing that you just don't even see the harm that you're causing mm. by trying to fight it i guess yeah. so it's sort of the like the that whole trope of villain that like in theory the thing that they're fighting for is correct but right. in their practice they're deeply deeply flawed yes yeah yeah and the thing that i really find interesting about gretchen is like the way that she talks about the girls in season one um the way that she's like she knows their names and she says that she has favorites amongst the girls the way that she when she's like kind of try trying to like cover what she is actually doing she'll refer to the girls as her kids back home mm -hmm. so when she says that she has to go somewhere in an emergency that's relating to the experiment she'll say that there's an emergency with her kids back home and the way that she like she's completely convinced that she has love and care for these young women but in reality the viewer can see that she clearly does not yeah so mm -hmm. it's they address it more in season two yeah they talk about it but it's she's just so hateable I you know. just hate her so much I know. but then you can also see like sort of the like she's kind of she's got she's kind of right like she's got a goal that is noble perhaps but, but her her execution, her execution is so flawed, is so flawed yeah. and she's such an awful person yeah mm -hmm. yeah uh, my last little thing that I really enjoy about this villain is that all of her followers disagree with her. Like, everyone else who, like, understands the premise of this experiment, everyone who is involved in it, fundamentally disagree with her. But she has this power over them, and it's not in the form of blackmail, which is usually the path they go down when it comes to, like, experiments where it's like, you've been a part of this. If you tell people, you're also going to go and, like, you're also going to have consequences. You're also going to be villainized. Like, either keep working with me or, like, my downfall is your downfall. But she has, her power is in the form of, like, she can talk anyone into anything. Like, she has this power of, like, how she holds herself and this power of being, like, well, don't you want to work for the greater good? Why don't you want to work for the greater good? I don't under... Don't you see? Yeah. Do you really, really want to, like, keep these women in this oppressive society? Think about yeah. that. And she, like, always makes them come to her. And I think... I don't know. I appreciate that she uses her... She has this villain villainy that every single time I think she's gonna do make this decision to enhance her power she doesn't and she goes in a different direction and that has even more consequences for other people yeah this might be a odd comparison but she very much carries herself in the same way that homelander does in the boys interesting if you guys have seen i the boys. i can see i have not <laughs> but from but from seeing commentary on it i can see that parallel I, 
I am drawing parallels to um, Steve in Spiderhead. Experimenter who's just, like, incredibly manipulative and is, like, constantly forcing the narrative of doing something for the greater good when in reality it's probably for selfish reasons. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. We never got, like, a genuine backstory on Gretchen, did we? Uh, we got slightly, a little bit, because we know what happened with her son, and I think that kind of pushed her to do this. I think it's probably coming. I feel like they're probably going to explain yeah. in season three the yeah. whole getting yeah. fired from the university mm-hmm. yeah. thing. Because I'm sure she, like, had this thing, and then they were like, um, very... It's like, that does not pass that ethics yeah. board, yeah. so... <laughs> um, I'm going to move on to teen angst is one of my praises the girls are allowed to be dramatic irrational teenagers and they're not penalized for it um i'm gonna use an example because i like to use examples um so in the first episode um leah says something like along the lines of the island was bad but the real hell was being a teenage girl in normal america and if you've seen the show, someone loses a hand. Someone goes into a coma-like state. She loses her mind. And yet she still is like, but homework. But, like, you know, like she's yeah. like, but society in general was worse. And it seems almost comical when you see everything they went through, right? But how it's written, it doesn't present this as either overdramatic or profound. It's just a teenager's perspective on what her life has been like. And I really appreciate that. That it's just her interpretation of how she sees the world and after all she's been through, how she still thinks my life was worse before the island. And I think that's very interesting. Or not worse, but my life was harder before the island, after the island, I have all this trauma that's much more worse than what the world has given me. But daily life was easier on the island just trying to survive. And I think that's, like, an interesting commentary on how one of the girls, because I think all the girls have different, like, perspectives on how their life was before and after and during. And that's just hers. And I think Mm -hmm. that's interesting. And, like, all the girls are allowed to just be annoying at times and it's not like oh my gosh aren't girls so annoying it's just like if you were in this situation you would be the worst version of yourself like Mm -hmm. they say that like this brings out like when you're in like a survival situation it either brings out the worst or best in you but I I believe that usually brings out the like it brings out the best and worst simultaneously of you and so I, I appreciate that we get to see that duality from all these girls and the mm. angstiness. <laughs> and Maybe, yeah. yeah. Not like they're not, like, they're not, the writers aren't writing them like adults. They're writing them like teenagers. Yes. And they're acting like teenagers. I mean, kind of besides Dot loosely, but. But there's a reasoning the, yeah. behind that. There's yeah. a reasoning why she is the way she is. Like, yeah, they just do it really mm-hmm. well, and, like, as a fellow teenage girl, I, they're, like, it's very, is relatable. Yeah. There's different aspects of all the characters that you just immediately relate to. Mm-hmm. Do you have any commentary on that? You don't have um, to if you don't. I think that 
it, the casting also helps with this, um, mm-hmm. just because kind of very often in media, in order to get around, like, child censorship and child labor laws, they cast people who are older than the age that they're playing. And I think that's probably the case with these yes. girls. They're all around, they're in their early 20s. Yes, but none of them look too old. Like, mm-hmm. none of them look like they're 25 playing a 16-year-old. And none of the, like, the costuming and the makeup skews that perception in order to make yeah. them look older. Um, so I just appreciate that and how they do actually look like teenagers, which definitely helps, um, with creating realism within the show. Um, I like that there's so many different friendship dynamics. I think the writers really played around that all the characters were going to be paired with each other at some point in time. And I think that created really interesting combinations every single time. One of my favorite combinations is Rachel and Leah. I think they have an interesting dynamic in season one and season two. I really like um, Dot with anyone, honestly. Um, I think even though Tony and Martha were friends before the island, I think they have a really interesting friendship. And I just, I like that at some point in time, they've all had to kind of like get to know each other on like a one-on-one basis. And like they all have like different type of like interactions with each other and how they like communicate with each other. I think that's... I think the only one we haven't really seen is Leah and Martha. Yeah, I would agree with that. Like, that's the only combination that I can think of that we haven't explored. But I guess that makes sense because she's with either Shelby or Tony a lot. But And Leah's with Fatten or Rachel. 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 Or Nora. Yeah. Um... This is my third one, my, my third to last one. There are just so many good things. I love the costumes. I love that Fatten's suitcase is the only one that washed up. And, like, they're dealing with these really, really serious, like, conversations and topics. And then they're all wearing, like, hot pink fur coats. Like, it's like this. And, like, they're wearing, like, I'm a girl boss. And I just think I, I love the hot pink next to the, like, trauma there's something about it that's really <laughs> there's something about it that's really interesting and I just I yeah I they they really play around with that and I think that's fun yeah something I love about Fatten is that she gets her suitcase and then she immediately throughout the rest of the show is wearing her own jewelry like she she doesn't have any reason to yeah she's just wearing it because she thinks it like she feels good in it and so she has like these giant hoop earrings on that like go down to her shoulders or her like gold layered necklaces Mm -hmm. and her like seventy thousand dollar watch so it's just it was like really funny watching (laughs) the episode where her stuff gets washed up and then she's immediately just like decked out in gold her toothbrush Uh uh-huh so funny Um, yeah yeah. the the fact that she like blames dot for it dying (laughs) (laughs) because dot knocked her over on accident is so funny (laughs) yeah 
Fadden yep. is just like a really good char- yeah. Com- yeah. comedic relief. Also, yeah. it's really smart of Gretchen's team, I guess, to like have hers be the one that washed up. Because I'm pretty mm. sure, like, they decided only that one. I don't know um, if that's the one that, or maybe that's the only one that they like. I think that's le- left one. in the ocean. All of them are still in the ocean. I think that's the one they strategically like pushed okay. so it yeah. would be found because they found yeah. um, Jeanette's bag later. Um, but because they knew for one, Fadden would most definitely overpack clothing because she just seems like that type of person. Um, so they have more clothing than she would even need for, like, a three-day weekend. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm gonna dive into two specific characters that I love for my last praises. Um, so first is Tony. I think a lot of the times when they have a character whose, um, internal struggle is anger, they make them so exceedingly violent that's really hard to, like, kind of understand it. I, like, as I don't have someone, I'm not a person that, um, that, like, that's my internal struggle is anger, but, um, I feel like what, what they do with Tony is so much more realistic. That it's not that she's, like, punching people or walls, it's that she just is so angry that she, like, almost can't move. Or, like, she's, like, so angry she can only move away. And I think that's really interesting that, like, how they show her anger in a way that, like, seems realistic. Yeah. And doesn't, make like, be like, isn't she such a bad person because she can't control her anger? It's like, you kind of understand why she has this anger. And you're just like, it's not her fault that she has trouble, like, controlling it. And she's learning how to and she's trying to. I think that's really good. I don't know. Sorry, yeah. I interrupted you. No, no, you're fine. Um, they say that, like... I, like, lost everything I was going to say. Um, <laughs> they, they talk about how she kind of just has trouble with, like... She just can't let anything go. Mm-hmm. And so if something kind of, like, sets her off, she just, like... Even if she might want to, she just literally cannot let it go. And then that starts to, like create outbursts against even people that she doesn't want to hurt so like you said I just think it's a good and interesting portrayal of that kind of issue and I definitely especially with Tony her episode does a great job at making her more sympathetic and Mm -hmm. making you like her more because like in the first few episodes you're watching and it's just like the entire time you're like can Tony please chill (laughs) out a little bit? She's just, like, constantly harping on, like, Shelby and kind of, uh, I don't know. Martha. Martha. Like, pretty much anybody that, like, gets up in her grill that she doesn't like. (laughs) Um, Mainly Shelby, though. Mainly Shelby, just because she disagrees, like, with the type of person that Shelby is Mm -hmm. at first. Um, but... Then you see her episode and you understand why she's the way that she is. And she, she's probably one of my favorite characters no, now. I agree. But really all the characters are great just in their own 
yeah. own ways. As soon as mm-hmm. you learn more about them, you're just like, oh, well, now you're my favorite. But then you constantly get more of them. And you're just like, you're all so endearing. Mm-hmm. Like, at first, you're all like, everyone here is a lot. And then the more you get to know, the more they, they're humanized. Then they're not caricatures of, like, the one-word summary of their character. The more you're like, yeah. you're all my children. Even though I am probably the exact same age as all of you. Or all the actors are older than me. Yeah. I'm like, they're my children. But, yeah. Lastly, my last my last uh, praise for season one is Dot. I love Dot so much. I just think when you learn about her character, when you learn about her backstory, when you, like, the scene where she looks over, and it's like a flashback of her, her life before the island. The scene where she looks over, and there's Shelby and her boyfriend, and all of her friends, and she looks back down at the trunk, and it's adult diapers, and she just slams it. That was the moment. She was my favorite character. That was the moment where I was like, I love Dot. And when she, when she finally gets that kiss, I just felt so good for her. Like, I was just like, yes. And she just constantly is amazing. And I just, this is me not like, really analyzing her character. I'm just saying she's awesome, like, 5,000 times, but she really just is, and every single scene she's in, she steals the show. Yeah. So. Mm. She's just, like, a really good constant, like, kind of, sort of mature, but also just, like, kind of calming presence amongst the girls because she doesn't really get into like any drama with anybody Mm -hmm. and then she's also just sort of like reliably cool-headed and reliably cool-headed and knowledgeable about survival things um can we talk about how she's like the red herring for the operative or do we not want to she's dot is often alluded to be the like second operative amongst the girls who's like designated to contact the experimenters and to make sure that everybody's going to survive and you think you know this like really early on Mm -hmm. but then they pull the carpet out from under you (laughs) and it just it kind of makes her even better that like she's doing all this and she's not even in on it yeah and it kind of just makes her like maybe her backstory about how like this retreat was supposed to be super relaxing for her, even kind of worse because they touch like they touch on how her father wanted her to go on this retreat, um, j- because he was dying and she like was constantly taking care of him, um, and now she's on this island and she does not get to relax at all because they have to survive, um. But she's, like, taken on this responsibility just because she knows that she can do it and she knows that they need her. And so they I think die if she doesn't. Yeah. yeah. So that's also what makes her great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, those are all my, my positives. I was going to move on to season two. But if anyone else has anything that they're, like, season one, we got we to gotta be, like, this is awesome and amazing. Covered everything. Yeah, I think you. Well, thank you. I just, I'm really good. What can I say? Um, well, like we did with um, Top Gun, we're gonna say our praises for both seasons, and then we're gonna do changes all together, just because 
we don't have many changes for this television show, and if we do, it's sort of connected with both. It's just an overall change. Mm-hmm. Here's the quick synopsis for season two. Nine high school boys are stuck on an island after surviving a plane crash. The purpose of their travels is to go to an all-boys retreat, the Twilight of Adam, but none of the boys are relaxing. This season dives into the into morality versus survival. The struggle of the group's dynamic stops any of the boys from questioning the real purpose of why they're on the island. Season 2 also dives into the second half of the Dawn of Eve experiment, specifically how the girls deal with grief in an isolated place. Again, I want to give a quick trigger warning, because unlike season one, where all the issues are discussed from past experiences, sexual assault is shown in the main discussion of season two. Um, And this is also a trigger warning if you are interested in just watching the television show in general. Um, Season one is definitely brings up a lot of topics, but season two shows a lot of the topics discussed if you would like to skip that scene it's at the end of episode five in season two thank you so basically just skip like end the episode when they're at the campfire because that's like the scene before that happens yeah so thank you i like totally (laughs) forgot where it was so yeah yeah that's important information yeah i didn't realize i didn't know before because i was looking up something else and it was that topic was in google and i was like um okay and then it was like seth essays josh at the end of episode five and i was like okay okay well going into character (laughs) um so Raphael, but his nickname's ralph he goes by roth roth right okay Raphael, whose nickname is roth is the lead boy um, though he's not the leader of the group, his character is the one that's most followed from the Twilight of Adam. He's an extremely hardworking student before he ends up on the island, and while he's on the island, he's a calming force. He's a calming force. However, his arc and his and the consequence of being betrayed has caused him to become violent towards one of the members of the group. Seth is the main villain of this season. He sexually assaults one of the boys, Josh. He is the only boy on the island that knows that they're a part of an experiment. This allows him to cut the mics and cover his tracks that he has done any wrongdoing. Henry is Seth's stepbrother. He's obsessed with all things death. Henry is extremely sarcastic and very honest, and he's the comedic relief character. Josh Josh is the character that is, like, secondly at the forefront of of, of the group, kind of. Him and Seth are kind of equally in the secondary position of characters that are followed. Uh, He is the only kid who wasn't reached out by the experiment, but his parents paid for him to go on the retreat. He doesn't have any friends, which causes him to be awkward in a group. Seth targets Josh because of this fact. A huge part of the show is following Josh recovering as a survivor and dealing with the complex emotions that come with the inability to escape Seth. Another thing to add, Seth has an Instagram account called Spills that Josh, prior to the island, followed religiously. He kind of idolizes so Seth. So, he, uh, yeah, he idolizes Seth until that happens, and then that happens, and he's like, my idol just, yeah. Yeah. So, that's another thing, inner, tor- inner turmoil on his end. Yeah. Is it Kirtan? Kieran. Kieran. I cannot say. Okay. Um, So we have Kieran, who is Josh's biggest defender. 
He is a typical jock. Um, though he puts on a very tough exterior when he cares about someone, he is ride or die. Um, we have Ivan, who is an influencer. He uses his platform to confidently express and explore the fact that he is gay and black, and he is just an activist on multiple levels. He's just, he's always researching and talking about the world. And Kieran and Ivan went to high school together. Yes. Um, on the island, he's a key part of making decisions, and he wants to talk about all the consequences of all actions and decisions made on the island, whether that is about survival or if it's about morality. Scotty is an entrepreneur. Uh, he grew up without money, and so he really wants security. He has a lot of side hustles, and he works with his best friend, Bo. Is it Boo or Bo? Bo. Bo? Cool. Um, his goal is that both Bo and him will live a happy life um, where they are free and they feel safe. Bo is Scotty's best friend. Because of his abusive household, he is very neat. Bo has a fear of mess. He's kind of quiet. Bo follows Scotty into any situation because they are brothers. Um, and then we have Devin, who is Gretchen's son. Which is not revealed yeah. when we meet him, but we soon afterwards yeah, later find out. It's kind of funny after on because he goes on a rant on how bad his mom is and then... And then he realized, yeah. yeah. Um, they fake his death to make the numbers even between both experiment groups. He really hates his mother. Yeah. Um, though he's not a huge part of season two, it's alluded that he will be a bigger part of season three. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So moving on to praises, I really like the friendship, like these three specific friendships that are explored in season two. We have Scotty and Bo's friendship. I just think it's really sweet um, with all the flashbacks because we have a flashback of both Bo and Scotty, I mm-hmm. believe, that they have two separate episodes. Or maybe I'm making that up, but um, I think it's interesting that they're both just a huge part of each other's lives and that... Like, you don't have Scotty without Bo. You don't have Bo without Scotty. And I just think that's really sweet. Um, And I love just a good relationship between guys that is extremely deep. That they're extremely honest with each other with emotions. And that, I don't know. It's just, I, I think it's just really sweet. And the relationship warms my heart. We have Fatten and Leah. And... You know, there's this constant, like, fat, and even though, like, you know, she's not the calmest person, even though she's not the calmest person, she, like, calms, like, Leah down, and she's always kind of being, like, think about this, like, rationally, and even though Leah's right, like, all the time, um... She's like, think about, like, why, why would this, why would this be planned? Why would anyone plan a plane crash? Like, you're looking for reasons to, like, make life harder, basically. And even though she's wrong, I think it's still, like, you know, they kind of calm each other down. They kind of hold each other accountable. Um, and I also just really like when Leah's finally like, okay, I'm going to let this go. And then as soon as she does, Fatten's like, figures it out. And there's this really cute line where both Fatten and Shelby kind of realize where the pit is. And, um, 
like fat and like has this line to Shelby where she's like, I can't wait to tell uh, Leah she was right. And it's just so sweet because, like, mm-hmm. this whole time Leah's thought, like, am I going crazy? Like, what's wrong with me? Why am I acting like this? And it's just, ah, uh, I love it. Um, and then we have Leah and Rachel. Um, they are both very similar. And I think especially with what Rachel has to go through in season two, I think you wouldn't really expect that Leah would be, like, a good shoulder to cry on or even, like, you know, a person that would be there because, like, she's, like, you know, trying to figure out the island. The home scene! The home scene makes me cry every time. Leah and Rachel are, like, practicing this, like, performance for um, Dot's birthday, and it is just, it's really sweet, and it, like, is really relieving when all, like, you see the guy stuff that's happening, and then you get to cut to, like, wholesome, like, fun, and -hmm. it's, like, Moments where you get to see the girls being happy in such a horrible situation is just so nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I love that in season two, it's just, like, canonically, Fatten becomes a mom. Like, she has, like, a sign-out sheet for everyone in the group, and she's like, tell me where you're going. I need to know where, where you are at all times. I need, like, she just, like... And she, like, realizes, she's like, when did, when did I become a mom? And it's like, because you are the mom. It's funny how she, like, acknowledges it, but is, like, kind of okay with it. Yeah, because, like, I think when she came on the island, that would be, like, horrifying. And now she's, like, mm-hmm. kind of like being responsible and caring about people. What is happening? And it's just, I don't, I don't know. I love it. Um, This is moving on to kind of more serious things. But I like that Henry doesn't believe Seth. Um, so, when Josh comes clean about what Seth did, I was really, really scared that Henry, because Seth is his stepbrother, he was going to be like, I don't believe you, Josh. Um, this is my brother. What are you talking about? And I thought that's the path that they were going to go down. And Henry's like, no, I believe you. Because you wouldn't make anything up. Like, you wouldn't make that up. I believe you. And I don't know what my brother does, but I can assume that some things he's done because of, like, what I know in my life, he's done some dark things. I believe you. And I think that's really powerful. I mean, that stuff kind of, like, him saying that didn't really come out until, like, later, because on the actual episode, he kind of just, he said it's plausible. Like, I think that's all he said. Yeah, but I, I just mean, like, you know, like an like a different character or different writers would have made it like, what are you talking about? You're mm-hmm. crazy. My brother would never do that. Yeah. And like everyone was kind of turning towards Henry because Henry's the only one that knew Seth, yeah. and he's just sort of like saying it's plausible as him saying like, yeah, I believe you. Especially because Henry's very like sarcastic mm-hmm. and like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know if it's necess- not that I'm trying to like argue. I'm trying to play like devil's advocate. Advocate. Yeah, that. Um, But to me, at least, when he said that, it felt not necessarily like it agreeing with both sides, but it was more just like a, I know he's my brother, but I don't want to be on the side of an essayer. Yeah. Essentially. So it's not like it wasn't a I believe you, Josh, but it was a I don't know where I stand in this because it's 
serious allegations towards someone that he's known his entire life or most, most of, of his, his life. life yeah so um i like leah's checkmate um this is like back to like less um serious things but when leah literally exp- ex- like exposes the whole experiment basically Right, and she has that look on Gretchen's face of panic was so, so nice. Like, so relieving to be like, she got you. She, like, and her best friend, which that's kind of weird. But you know what? I love the fact that she uses this, like, I'm hopelessly in love with this guy. And so they give her a phone call and she uses it not to call that awful man who groomed her, but to call... Her best friend would be like, get the FBI here now. (laughs) Something is going down. Mm -hmm. And I like the way they revealed it, too. Because they didn't, like, because they only said that she had a 45-second call at 12.01 a.m. And then at the end of episode 7, you see her her friend go and knock on um, Devin's door. And he's like, tell me everything. Is it Devin or is it Dean? It's Devin. The son? Yeah, it's D. Yeah, it's Devin. Yeah. Devin. Dean is the, one of the guys who's doing the interviews. Yeah. Um, so, I like that. Um, two aspects that I like about the writing of season two. First, I like that it's not repetitive. I think it could have been easy to just create a male version of all of the female characters. To be like, yeah. mm-hmm. to make Ralph the male version of Leah, who's like figuring out the island and like basically have parallels between all of the characters. But because what happens on the island is so different and the personalities and experiences of both of the groups are so different, it's not repetitive, even though it's like the exact same thing of like, we need to find water, we need to do this. It's like, completely different stories and it doesn't feel like oh i've seen this Mm -hmm. before and um i think it's really balanced because it's not only so we have the interviews of the boys and then a flashback of what life was like on the island and then a flashback of their life before the island and then the same episode there's a flashback of leah at the, like, base after she was rescued, and then a flashback of the island. That's five storylines that they make not awful. Like, it's, like, somehow I'm not, like, this is too much story you're throwing at me. Like, it makes sense, and I don't feel lost. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really awesome. Like, they just have really good balance in their writing, Um, and I really like that. Um, My second to last like is the use of religion. So, when Rachel loses Nora, um, she asks Shelby for her necklace. And I really like, because sometimes I think they use religion in a way that it, it just doesn't really, like, it's maybe over, like, overhanded or, like, heavily, like, so heavily used that it doesn't really feel, like, genuine. Like, I'm trying to figure out, like, the right way to put this. But, like, I like that the focus of Rachel, like, as Shelby is losing her, 
her religion and as Rachel's kind of gaining some spirituality because of her grief, that then the personalities of both Shelby and Rachel does not become Shelby, I'm an atheist, and Rachel, I'm a Christian. It just becomes like, I'm trying to find peace and I'm exploring different ways from Rachel's perspective. And Shelby's like, I'm trying to deconstruct some of the things I've been told in my childhood, but I also want to like kind of keep it because it also made me feel secure in different ways. And I think that's interesting. They didn't make their whole characters about their spirituality because they were still allowed to have different struggles during season two. And I think that's really nice because I feel like I've seen other TV shows um, where it's like as soon as they either discover religion or they lose religion, that's all their character is. So I thought that was well written. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I will say this might be just like kind of a critique, but in season one, it, at least at the beginning, it did kind of feel like they were doing that with Shelby where... I feel like that was purposeful though. Yeah. But it was still just like that. That in the beginning was a little bit annoying. Annoying for me. They obviously not fixed it because it's not. But once you learn about her, you realize why she constantly is like yeah bringing up religion. She she's like mm -hmm. annoying with a purpose. Like she's purposely Mm -hmm. annoying. So then you you understand Mm -hmm. her better when you need to understand her better. Yes. Uh, lastly, I love the twist of the knife when you realize that Nora is alive. I think... Interesting. Because you don't like when they bring back characters. I, I think this time it had a purpose. I knew when Nora was dead, she wasn't dead. Because if she was dead, they would have made Rachel more... Like, Rachel's storyline would have become only about her grief if Nora was dead. Does that make sense? Because literally, there's only two episodes where, like, Rachel's in mourning. And then it's like, let me play a little song on shells. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, like, maybe having the rest of her character arc just be grief would be really, like, not effective. But also, like, literally, Nora's been dead for three days and she kind of moves on. And I'm like, I feel like if Nora was dead, they would have really, like, honed in on, like, Rachel. But they didn't make Rachel more of a lead character in season two, which is why I was like, oh, Nora's not dead. Um, and so the twist of the knife to be like, but Rachel's also still been through so much. Your twin's still alive. Like, like, ugh. Like, it's mm-hmm. like, even when they're out of the experiment, they're still being manipulated. And I think that's very interesting. I'm going to move to overall changes unless you guys have anything else that you really liked about season two. I like how they dealt with sexual assault. I thought it felt very true to who the characters were. And it didn't feel like it was done in, like, a pushy way. Or, like, in... Like, it didn't feel like it was, like, a... There is no tolerance for this. I mean, Ivan was kind of the no-tolerance character. Which, obviously, no tolerance for sexual assault. Um, But I just liked the way they handled it in the situation they were in and like how the boys kind of went through it and i love kieran for how he defended josh like i love that it's it's very satisfying to see him punch seth in the face mm -hmm. i'm not i'm not for physical violence i'm not for violence of any kind however (laughs) very satisfying to see because like seth kind of get what he he's not a little bit the character that like 
not that like um Kieran is like super tropey but he's not necessarily the character you would expect to go at bat for somebody yeah you also like wouldn't Josh. you also wouldn't expect Josh to open up to him yeah which is like so that was like really interesting mm-hmm. as well I love a good jock character who's like you think is gonna be one note and and just like kind of you know like stupid and uh, and like he doesn't care about anything except for sports but then like kind of is like just kidding Mm. guess what i'm a real human being because Mm -hmm. that is kind of just something that can happen in real life too i like how they utilized gretchen's son devon his the idea of his character is introduced in the last episode of the first season Mm -hmm. but he isn't shown um and then it's revealed in the next episode the first episode of season one that he is the plant in the boys experiment um and that he's gretchen's son who has been taken from prison and kind of forced to be in this experiment by his mother instead of being in prison. Um, and the dialogue that him and his mom have where he talks about what he did, which was he was responsible for the death of a pledge in the frat that he was a part of. Um, that Nora was not dating, but they were. Yeah. Well, they were dating, but he died when they were broken up. Yeah. They weren't dating, though. He asked him to be his... She a, he asked her to be his girlfriend, and she says no. I know, but they were, her, like, going on dates. Her like, situ- they were romantically involved. Her situationship. Yes. Yeah. So, um, the way that he talks about what his... What he did versus what his mom is now doing, I mm-hmm. thought was really interesting, because he he's, says, like, yeah, I know what I did. I... Somebody died because of me, and I have to live with that. You are ruining the lives of 18 young people, and you're doing it because you're a sociopath. And I'm interested to see how that comes back around in maybe season three, and how they kind of utilize... Devin more mm-hmm. yeah. um because I just think that that's the way that he's he's introduced is just like he like inexplicably just like hates his mom I and know. you don't know it's who so funny it's he's so like funny. she sucks she's the worst I hate her and he that's the only thing he freaking talks about and it's like just so strange because mm-hmm. you don't know who his mom is yet and then it's revealed that his mm-hmm. mom is Gretchen, and it's completely understandable. <laughs> yeah. Because even he, somebody who... Is a murderer. Is, it, has done something horrible, he understands that this experiment is bad and awful. And yeah. So it's just interesting. And I think it was a good use of a, of a character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's just, like, very unassuming, because he... Again, he does the whole, I hate my mom shtick, and then he, mm-hmm. like, gets hurt. He, like, he gets, 
<laughs> he kicks a rock and his foot gets hurt and he's just like so angry about it and the boys laugh at him too for it yeah, yeah. and they're, they're kind of like, like making, what's happening right now they're yeah. kind of making fun of him and then and then the next time you see him he's a dead body he's basically middle-y. yeah he he like inexplicably died somehow and got washed back up on the beach mm-hmm. but then it's revealed that he's alive again so which none of the boys question yeah, well, yeah. they they figure that he fell, like, he was on a rock, and he fell into the water, and then, like, got swept out and got eaten by a shark, is what they figure happened. Yeah. And and they also, like, later in the season, there's also, like, a wild animal. So though they don't say it, they could also be like, well, we know that there was, like, a deadly animal also amidst, and mm-hmm. survival is hard. People die from, like, toe infections, like... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They're also like, I feel like a part of them were kind of like, thank God that annoying guy's gone, right? Like, a part <laughs> of them is just like, don't question it. We're not looking for him. We're just gonna. But yeah. Mm-hmm. I think Leah and Fatten need to date. Gotta get that. Glad I got that off my chest. And most of the fans of The Wild agree with me. The Wilds. Mm-hmm. Like, you cannot tell me if one of them was a guy, they would have already been, like, together, in love. Woo. I don't, like, disagree, necessarily, but I think Leah needs therapy. No, I agree. <laughs> yeah. I don't think she's me, in a place where she can really be in a romantic situation, like, anything with anyone. I, again, I don't, I don't disagree with you, but again, she's, like, that character for me that I'm, like, she's just too involved in the like yeah. central mm-hmm. plot and also very mentally ill coded that yeah. she maybe no i agree with that i mean in the future i mean in the future you know kind of like what they did with katniss and peter malark right where like they waited like f- five years or not five years but they waited like multiple years for each other to like be much better, like, health-wise, mm-hmm. to even have the notion of romance, mm-hmm. right? And that's how, that's why I, I feel like this relationship needs to be. Okay. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, I wish Shelby and Tony didn't break up. That made me sad. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. Wait, when did they break up? Like, right before they got rescued. <laughs> I guess it makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense, but it's just, like, because they've been through so much, I I just wish... And also, it's, like, it was the only relationship. It wasn't, like, there were so many relationships that sort of, Mm -hmm. like, we need a relief from romance. Because usually that's, like, what I hate with survival shows, like, shows where it's, like, oh, we're in, like... It's a, it's an apocalypse. Why are there so many relationships? It's like, this is the only one. This is yeah. the only one. And I just... And they were sweet and nice and, like, both brought out the best in each other and it just made me feel sad. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted more focus on the girls in season two. Like I said, am- Same. amazing mm-hmm. balance in season two. Like, such good balance between both experiments. But I wanted it not to be balanced. I'm gonna be honest. I wanted just more girls. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit 
it's not hard to get into season two, but watching season two, you definitely are biased towards the girl island because you, like, know the characters. And so when they mm-hmm. introduce the fact that there's, like, a boy island, you're like, ah, and then when it, yeah. <laughs> I don't care. I want to see the girls. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and when the girls are, like, all, like, you know, like, working together, there's, like, struggles, but they're working together and they're, like, it's positive. And then you cut back to the guys just, like, all butting heads, like, a lot of, like, topics are being brought up, and it's just... Yeah, it's just, yeah. like, oh, my God, why are you proving Gretchen right? Yeah. <laughs> like... And this is kind of off-topic, but I feel like, because um, there's a podcast I listen to, and it's all about, like, true crime, but also survival stories, and there was a group of boys... And it's called, like, the real-life Florida the Fly group, basically. There's a group of boys, I think it was five or six, who got washed up on an island. They lived there for three years, and they, like, had a workout, like, area. And they had, like, a music area. Like, they made musical instruments. And, like, they had, like, a little, like, democratic process. And they had this, like, thing where it's, like, if two people get mad, they have to go to, like, different sides of the island and cool off. And then they can meet in the center again. And they have a little, and they made a little chore wheel. And they, like, Mm -hmm. made weights out of, like, like, twigs and, like, rocks and stuff. Like, so, like, in real life, boys, like, do, can work together. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, it doesn't mean that this situation isn't realistic because, Looking at our world, we know that this stuff happens all the time, but I just, I do want to show, like, share that, like, there is examples of, like, Mm -hmm. healthy boy dynamics, and it is possible. This, it doesn't mean that this fictionalized situation isn't also possible, but I did want to say, like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I was watching with, I was watching this show with my brother because he kind of got hooked on it, (gasps) same as I did, and he was, like, when the boys island was introduced like he was just kind of he was watching it and he was like i don't i don't know i feel like the girls in the boys island would be kind of the same but but that's i know that's just his perspective as a teenage boy but Mm -hmm. you know yeah so yeah Mm -hmm. it's interesting that there's just such a drastic difference yeah i think that's the part that kind of got me it's almost they might address this in season three but it's almost because gretchen chooses the subjects specifically out of like a large pool based on factors in their in their um in their background and it kind of brings up the question was it designed to fail even though the boys is supposed to be biased yeah, is the is because she talks about how the boys are the control group and they actually did fail as the control group because they don't make it the 50 days and the girls do. Mm-hmm. But she's the one who chose all of the all yeah. of the boys. Wait, she's the one who it, chose Seth as the isn't operative. Isn't it stated that Seth's ex-girlfriend has a restraining order on him? Mm-mm. Okay, never mind. No, he just essayed her. And stole her cat. hmm So, it just brings up the question, it's like, Gretchen obviously wants to see specific results within the yeah. boys and gr- girls group. And so, I mean, yeah. 
maybe it should have been somebody else should have picked it picked the people yeah yeah and and again that just kind of brings it back to the whole point of like this experiment at its very core is not following the scientific process in any way yeah. and is like at its very deepest just completely unethical and completely unscientific yeah. so like even if her goals are like um to get more prote- female politicians like yeah. kind of, like good intentions she's not even like she's literally not even yeah proving yeah. herself right because nothing that she's doing is yeah mm-hmm. they also founded in any way i guess this would be kind of a change and i don't necessarily know if i would want the same thing to be repeated in season one but there's a comment made by gretchen i think that both islands are like equally dangerous and part of me just doesn't believe that because in season one, the girls encountered no animals besides a goat. goat. A, yeah, they like think rabbit. that there's like, they have an idea that there's like some sort of maybe predator on the island, but they never see it and there's mm-hmm. like no evidence of it. Yeah. But the boys have a jaguar yeah. that they have to fight. Yeah. <laughs> and not that I'm saying that like, I want necessarily the girls to fight a jaguar, but like, a similar threat. It's a ja- it's a jaguars are so yeah. scary. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, it just kind of frustrated me that like the like predator of season one was a shark, which you could avoid by not going in the ocean. Where season two it was a jaguar, and like yeah, that was kind of like to get the boys to like become one, but then they didn't even become one because Seth. So it was just kind of like. They didn't actually feel even for me, at least. Yeah, I, I'm neutral mm-hmm. on that, but yeah, I see your point. Mm-hmm. My last overall change is more Martha for both season one and season two, um, and more Dot for season two because I feel like they're kind of for the girls. I think they're extremely compelling characters. But they were kind of left on the back burner for season two, especially. Um, they literally, like, put Martha in a comatose state. Like, she, like, literally doesn't have lines for, like, three episodes, three or four mm-hmm. episodes. So it's like, I don't know. I, I realized that they kind of wanted to stress that, like, there could be medical struggle, Like, not only just starvation or dehydration and, like, shelter, but, like... Like, literally, like, so many things could happen. And I think that definitely adds to, like, scare factor of, like, is Martha going to die before they even save mm-hmm. them? Because I, I don't know. Do we get an interview from Martha? I don't No, because she's in. Remember. She's in the, um, a, a medical facility, right? Probably. I, I, don't, I don't remember if they even have her interviewed. Maybe they do. Okay. Well. <laughs> I feel like I remember seeing an interview from her. That's yeah. why I I kind of thought she was going to die, because I was, like, counting the people who hadn't done an interview. Yeah. yeah. Jeanette, no. Nora, no. Martha, no. So I was like, well. Yeah. It, yeah. Um. I think part of it was just the boys had such a heavy storyline that they couldn't necessarily no, I, focus on the girls. I agree. Which, 
not that I like didn't appreciate that storyline because that's not necessarily a storyline you get to see a lot in media so I thought it was cool that they were exploring it and they spent like a good amount mm-hmm. of time on it it wasn't just like and they this did is well. something for episode blah 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 and they're mm-hmm. not gonna talk about it ever again like they definitely had that action have so mm-hmm. much weight and i really appreciate that while i was looking stuff up about the show um i looked up like production behind that scene and basically everyone that was not involved in that scene was not allowed to be on set that day it was very private it was very intimate and there was a lot of coaching before shooting that scene of seth and um josh josh i don't remember their actors names um but they like it was a lot of trust between the actors and the director which I think is really cool and very much important. Yes. Yes. Very important. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. And not that I, like, didn't care about the boys' storyline, but you're just so attached to the girls that it's like you just want to see the girls. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just that bias of, like, familiarity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they still had, like, half of their journey left. Yeah. And you're mm-hmm. like, well, I want to know the full extent of that journey. Mm-hmm. Maybe if, like, we got all the information for all the days, all in season one, it would be different. But also then the pacing would have been off, so. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate, this isn't a change, but I appreciate how none of the boys are saying what happened. Yeah. Like, all of them are, def- all of them are quiet about what happened mm-hmm. like in the interview like all of them are dancing around it or simply just not saying because it's it's josh's truth to tell mm-hmm. yeah. i it, i think it was a little bit annoying how she literally just took candy into josh's thing and then she got it or at least we think she got it like that kind of was a little bit of a cop-out for me i don't know what i would have wanted her to do to get it out of him but are we talking about Gretchen? Yeah. yeah. Gretchen, she goes into his yeah. room with, like, candy and, like, asks him. And yeah, it's... because he has the sh- uh, Sour Patch Kids, like. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so is it, like, implied that she got the info She got she him wanted? to say something, but we don't know what it is. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe it's, like, a red herring. Maybe. maybe. Like, um, that wouldn't surprise me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm... I forgot one thing that I really enjoyed, so I'm just going to say it. I love when the girls are fantasizing about what they're going to say when they're interviewed, when they're going to get rescued. Oh, my gosh. I love... (laughs) I love um, Leah being like, if you're out there, contact me. And, like, she's so... (laughs) I I was watching that, and I was like... I was like, is this real? Leah? (laughs) Leah? There has never been a character that is more of an embodiment of a Taylor Swift fan. I know that <laughs> Leah listens to Red and is like, wow, this is Her so Her life me. was all too well, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, can, wait, sorry. Her, the, her ex guy, the guy? Yeah. Awful, the predator? Jeff. Mm-hmm. The fact that he has a flip phone and his name's Jeff. <laughs> And the way he talks about, like, all of the little things he does, he's like, well, I just really, you know, like, oh, I just had this old flip flop, and then I loved, and, like, in fancier words than what I'm using right now, but I just love the perception that it got me of, like, being this artsy guy, but he's saying all these, like, $5 words, right? And I'm just like, 
Ew. I kind of like the implication that after the other girls on the island read the book that Leah brought, it that, like, the book is kind of bad. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think that's really funny. Like, mm-hmm. she's just... Th- not putting this on Leah, but, like, she's so into Jeff that he she's, like, completely looking past the fact that that book just Isn't good. is awful <laughs> and completely pretentious. And Speaking of the book, I think it's funny that... They're reading a Nora Roberts, um, as I think that's her name, a Nora Roberts book, or Martha brought that book, because, like, theoretically, right, she's not the person you'd expect, but also exactly the person you'd expect to have that type of book, and then the way that everyone else reacts to it is really funny, um, so, like, as a, I haven't read any of her books, but as, like, a romance reader, I think that was really funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, all the little details just make this mm-hmm. show um just the like light-hearted yeah especially yeah. Moments, season especially between one. the girls yeah um the girls are really like a breath of fresh air and then the guys yeah. it's just i appreciate that they didn't try to make uh, like something funny out yeah. of like the topics like i appreciate mm-hmm. that they definitely took a serious tone but it's such whiplash from the first season that had a really good balance of like these girls have gone through a lot and also heartwarming moments, comedic moments, moments where like they're allowed to just kind of be kids to like season two of just very depressing. Yeah. So it's just like kind of overwhelmingly. So I don't know how it would change season two. I appreciate that they, showed something in media like you said Sawyer that they showed something in media that's not discussed a lot um but it is definitely just just very dark it's dark um but I don't know how I would change that so I'm just gonna say those are my emotions around it Mm -hmm. rather than either praises or changes just feelings I have some hopes for season three and we can all give our like what we wish our predictions all that good news Good news, the good stuff. Woo. Okay. So first, none of the girls should date the boys. I don't want relationship. I don't want any freaking like blah blah blah. Uh, no. Uh, no, thank you. Except Martha. She deserves the world and she deserves happiness. And I feel like she's pretty confident in her like she's confident in herself other than her like inexperience when it comes to relationships. And so I hope that she just has her like experience of romance and like a relationship like it doesn't have to be Romeo and Juliet like it doesn't have to be something serious but even just a guy to like flirt with her or show her any interest because I think she just she deserves the world and I think for some characters their want for a relationship comes from a place of insecurity and for her it's just she wants an experience mm-hmm. rather than like she's insecure about it or at least that's my read on it especially after everything she went through for the island I think she became like much more confident so yeah that's my only yeah. exception. Um, my hopes for season three. The Seth situation is a little bit scary. Um, quick spoiler for the end of season yeah. two. But everyone that's in the base that is, like, conducting the interviews of what's happening on the island, they leave. And they leave Seth in charge of the base. Cool. And the base is on the island, so they never left. On an island. An I don't an know. Island. I don't know if it's. 
I think it's like island. three different islands. Yeah, I agree. Which is interesting on how they actually got that space because buying land right now so expensive. Well, she knows billionaires. So, yeah. but yeah, I I don't like I'm really scared how they're going to tell that story mm-hmm. of like Seth having power over 16 children. That, like, I trust the writers because I saw what they did, you know, with the season two plot, but now it's just... Part of me thinks that, like, not that I, well, not that I am a fan of children being murdered, but it's possible that they will gang up and kill him if things get too out of hand. No, I think Seth will die at some point in time, but I'd rather him go, go to jail. Mm-hmm. I'd rather him actually have to face, like, legal, yeah, legal, like, repercussions for his actions because mm-hmm. it it is proven that it was a repetitive act of behavior, mm-hmm. and it's just that I, I don't, yeah. So that scares me for season three, and my hope is that they take that situation extremely delicately. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really curious to see how Fatten reacts to that, like, just knowing her character. Like, I'm very excited to see her first interactions with Seth, and I really want her to punch him. I, oh, um, I really want, my hope for season three is also that... Shelby and Tony get back together. Um, it was just, it felt sad that they broke up. I hope they get back together. That's, you know, that's my third little thingy. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else. I, I would definitely like to dive in a little bit more to Gretchen's backstory, because that's, like, the only person that we don't have a lot of backstory on. Um, Devin. Devin and uh, Leah's, like, friend. Maybe them trying to expose her in some way or another for what's happening. Like, they already kind of did, but just to further Ian? that. Ian, Ian is the friend? Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. yeah. He does not look like an Ian. If anything, no. he looks like a Devin, and the actor who plays Devin looks like an Ian. Yeah. Maybe that's just yeah. me. I like Ian, though. No, I like it's even his... Slay. No, when he was just like... Everyone here was just too interesting. I was like, me in film class every single day. Yeah, it's like, stop. I don't care. I want to go back to the boring part. Yeah. No, just kidding. <laughs> but everyone being like, oh yeah, I watched this interesting movie. And I'm like, I've watched Legally Blonde 27 times. And I'm talking about Legally Blonde the musical. That's a so, lot of times. <laughs> don't at me. I, no, I'm joking, but the movie, I've seen so many times, the musical, like, anyways, but I, I, yeah, him just being, like, the V in drum circle, either be vegan or be in a drum circle, I thought that was so funny. Um, also, uh, yeah, he has the most, like, millennial tattoos, off topic, but I, I think that's very interesting that they gave him. I wonder like, if neck tattoos, and he's like supposed to be in high school. I wonder if they gave him neck tattoos, or do you, he just had it, and then the that's true, that's true, that's true. Just left it, because it goes with his character. Taking off tattoos, especially if no, the act, no, the actress, hours. the actress that uh, plays Fatten, she has so many tattoos. Mm-hmm. She's short. What hair. else is she in? 
I definitely have seen her before. I don't oh. know. I'll look it up. I hope this, she's in more, this though. This doesn't need to be in Yeah. Thing. I'll just steal your phone. Mm-hmm. Oh, also the guy that plays Henry is a music producer. That's, Sorry. Looking at all the cast photos, it's very interesting to see who's actually, like, posting pictures together. Yeah. Um, yeah, because the guy that plays Ivan and the Shelby and Tony, they're all friends. Mm-hmm. Because they do a lot of, fa- uh, like lives together um i'm not a stalker but <laughs> but any hoozles um overall i think this is a very interesting show um it's very emotional it's very <sighs> dark at times it's very light at times oh lastly i really want to see rachel and nora reconnect um, because I feel like Rachel will unexpectedly just, like, be like, okay. Yeah, part of me wonders what, if what angle they're gonna go at that at. Because they either have the, I grieved you, you're dead, how are you alive? And it's, like, a betrayal type thing, or Rachel's just gonna accept it. Yeah, well, I think, I think she'll accept the whole, like, I grieved you part, but the whole, like, you literally set me up to be stuck on an island for 50 days to starve, to be dehydrated. Like, yeah. that part. I think she would be more angry at than the... Well, she's probably more angry, mm-hmm. like, I grieved your death. But yeah. it's, like, not just that, but everything else as well. Um, but, yeah, if... um This show has really good acting... I, like, I don't even know how to, like, end this. Uh, it's, it's very, it's good. Um. Look up the trigger warnings if you do plan to watch it, especially season two. Yeah. Every episode, um, has a very serious topic that is covered. Mm -hmm. So I would maybe look up, uh, the synopsis of every episode if you are a person that, like, Mm Mm-hmm you know, is, is worried about it. And even if you aren't, cause you never know, uh, what will kind of get you in that. And, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes just random things will do that and trigger you. And it's, it's scary. Uh, they do everything they talk about. They do handle with care. Yeah. Um, but yeah, most of the things they talk about, they do handle with a immense amount of care, but if that's also something, I'd maybe look up reviews. This is a a show that out of kind of all the ones we've talked about that, like, you might have to research before you watch. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not something that I would say just go in blind. Yeah. I I was a person that went in without knowing anything, mm -hmm. and I do, especially for season two, kind of wish I knew what what was going to be discussed. And they do put disclaimer, well... They put disclaimers of um, unaliving before two or three episodes in season yes. one because um, there is a couple of the characters that their like person unalived themselves or at least one. Um, so there is like a disclaimer at that. I just wish they would have done that same thing for the essay. I thought they did that for the essay. Oh, they did. If they did, good for them. If they didn't, they should have. I don't remember if they did or not. Uh, if you liked Lost, you'll like this. If you liked Gilligan's Island, you might uh. like this. 
Or if you're a seventy year old man and you liked Gilligan's Island, you'll love this show about teenagers and experiments. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I'm just I'm just kidding. It's very character driven, so if you like characters, it's good for that. But I know that yellow jackets. Yeah, yeah. If you if you liked thing. yeah, if you liked yellow jackets, that's a better comparison. If you either liked yellow jackets or lost, because those are two shows that also talk about pretty serious things and are about people stuck on islands you'll like the wilds but again please research um but yeah in short uh we truly wouldn't change a thing because then we'd be out of a job follow us on all the socials and bye bye